How are you feeling today, church? You good? Man, well, I am super excited to be able to kick off a brand new series this morning that we titled Best Seller. Now, when you think about a bestseller, I don't know about you, but I think of, uh, of things uh, of excitement. I think what makes a bestseller a bestseller is, is this idea of a, a book having suspense, maybe, maybe a struggle or maybe a sacrifice where someone's giving up something for a greater good. When I think of a bestseller, I think, right, of an amazing story that people love to hear. Now, here's the deal. Whether you know this or not, whether you realize this or not, for every single person here in this room, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what your past looked like, where you came from, whether you're a church person or not, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, I want to tell you to get things started this morning that you have a story. Your life is telling a story. Now, for a lot of us, we have parts of our life that we love to tell others about, right? We get with friends or family or maybe people we don't know, and and we love to say, man, there was this time where I did this incredible thing, and this happened or that happened. Man, remember this time when that uh, that funny thing happened in our family's life? And we love to tell like good parts of our story. There's all parts that we love to tell. But unfortunately... There's some parts to our story that we would rather not share, right? Like there might be like pages from our past that we wish were ripped out of our story. And maybe for some of us, it's not just pages, it's entire chapters of our past and of our story we wish we could rip out and bury underground. You know, maybe for some of us, we actually kind of have to make up a story. Maybe we have to lie or do something to kind of make ourselves look a little bit better or our past look a little better because we're trying to please people. Here's the deal. The decisions that, that we have made, we cannot change them. But the incredible thing is, is that our future story is yet to be written. But our future story is written based on the decisions that we make today. If you think about it, what's very interesting to me is how I can look back over my life and I can trace some, what a lot of people might think may be small or insignificant things. I can trace some of those seemingly insignificant decisions and they actually are very significant to my story. I'll give you an example. My senior year of high school, I was at Restoration Christian, and and we got uh, to choose what elective we were going to take part of that year. And so I'm going down through the list, and I see choir. Now, what you have to know about choir class at Restoration, I took it because I thought that it was going to be an easy A. Man, I I got a lot of stuff going on. I got some difficult classes. I'm playing sports. Man, I want to hang out with my friends. I don't want a class where I have to do homework. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about? So this class was going to be an easy A. So I sign up for choir. But here is what you may not know about me, or maybe you do. I cannot sing a lick. Like I cannot sing. Like I tell people all the time, I barely qualify for like the joyful noise guy. 
Like when Corey a little bit ago said, let's give God praise for 7.4 seconds and everybody's lifting up a shout of praise. I'm like, yes, Jesus. Like I just say words because I cannot lift up a shout of praise and I cannot sing. But I signed up for the class anyway. Well, little did I know that signing up for this class would change my entire world because in that class, there was um, a rather attractive young girl who I thought was very cute. And so I did what we do in high school, right? I talked to my friends, hey, can you talk to her friends to see if she's dating anyone or if she would be interested in me? And so I talked to my friends, they talked to her friends, they talked to her, and I guess it got back to me that, that uh, she didn't know if she really wanted a date, but I wasn't gonna let that stop me. And so I go up and I introduce myself. We start a conversation, the conversation I think you can ask her later, went pretty well. Um, but I started this conversation. We started talking. Eventually, we started dating. And now, 21 years later, we have been married for 16 years and now have four sons, right? Like, I can trace back the relationship that I have with my wife to that one decision to sign up for choir class. Now, All of those things that happen in our life based on the decisions that we make aren't always positive like that, though, are they? Sometimes I can trace back some decisions that I've made. Man, I did this or I did that. And now because of the domino effect, my life is now unraveling. Maybe we all have things like that in our life, experiences like that where we have made these decisions and now because of that, we are reaping the consequences of those decisions or we're reaping the fruit of the decisions that we made years ago. You see, here's the deal. I want you to think about it this way. If the decisions that we made yesterday Determine, that the, determine the stories that we are telling today, then as we approach this new year and as we begin this series, I want you to think about it this way and I want you to internalize this and I want you to grasp the power of this truth. Matter of fact, I got it up on the screen and I encourage you to write this thought down, but it's this. The decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. I really need you to grasp this, because this is really the pinnacle of everything that I want to say today. The, the, the decisions that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. You see, to kind of illustrate what I want to talk about today, I actually uh, brought with me, I brought with me this, this acorn. <clears throat> now, this acorn has the ability to produce an oak tree. And we can see that maybe someone has an oak tree and we can have faith to say, you know what, if I had an oak tree in my backyard, man, I could do some incredible things. If I had an oak tree, man, I could use some of it for firewood. I could build a tree house. I could use it for shade, right? I I can reap the benefit of the acorns. Like we, if we see the tree, we might be able to have incredible faith. But sometimes what we need to do is have faith for the seed. You see, because this not only has the ability to produce an oak tree, locked up in this seed is thousands, if not millions of other seeds. But not if it remains in my hand, not if it remains in my pocket, not if I don't do anything with it. 
right? The seed has to be what? Planted. And if I plant this seed, if I plant this acorn, will I reap those benefits of the oak tree next year? Five years? In 10 years? You see, I came across this very interesting article this week, and man, it was so profound. It talked about the truth that sometimes we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but how we underestimate what we can do in the long term. You see, sometimes, especially this time of year, the beginning of every single year, we get our list together. We have all these things that we want to accomplish in 2019. And sometimes, because we've put things off for so long, man, we just go to town, don't we? Writing down all these things that we want to try to accomplish or we want to try to change about ourselves. But somewhere, maybe in the middle of February, half of them we've already given up on. And by the end of 2019, we look back and we're like, man, I didn't accomplish as much as what I really wanted to. But if we change our mindset to instead of thinking about short term, and if we switch it up to say, you know what, what if I think in increments of five years or in 10 years, how much could I accomplish then? And if we begin to write some things down about five years or 10 years, I guarantee you in year five or year 10, you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I accomplished those things because I promise you we do underestimate what we can do in the long term. Man, let's think about it in five years. Five-year increments, man, that, that is 60 months. Do you know that you can become an expert in any field you want to in five years? You truly can. Matter of fact, if you just read a book a month, that would be 60 books. They say you only need to read 15 to 20 books uh, to be an expert in whatever you are reading or studying it out. Like, so you would be an expert three times over. Do you know in five years, I believe that you can learn an, a, a brand new language. You could be fluent in another language if you said, you know what, over the next five years, I'm going to dedicate myself to it, and I'm going to learn how to speak in this language. If you would give yourself those five years, man, I promise you, sometimes we underestimate what can happen in five years. And in five and 10 years, sometimes when we have that oak tree, man, we can trace it back to a simple decision. You see, the decisions that, that we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. So how do we live our life in such a way that it becomes a story worth being told? How do we do that? How do our lives become bestsellers where other people take notice, where other people say, you know what, I see what you have and I want what you have. And I've seen what you've been able to accomplish. And I see how Jesus loves others through you. How do we do that? How do our lives become this bestseller? Well, I'm going to tell you how. I believe that the secret is is found in, in Scripture, but the secret isn't so much of a secret. I think it's pretty obvious, but the writer of Hebrews wants to let us know how we make this happen. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it actually says this, and you can follow along with me. These verses will be up on the screen. It says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is before us. Looking to Jesus, the what, everybody? The author. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, what if in 2019 
we began to allow Jesus to author the story of our lives. That we are so in tune with him. That we are following him and where he is leading is helping us write out the story that he wants us to tell others. But how do we do that? Well, verse one there says the two ways. It says, let us throw off every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. And, and you've heard us talk a lot about how we don't have a sin problem anymore. And if we can grasp that fact that Jesus came, he took upon the sin of the world upon himself. He bore the weight of sin and took the punishment for sin so that today we don't have a sin problem. We have a belief problem. But once we come to believe in Jesus, right, our sins are completely removed. He remembers them no more. So if we don't have a sin problem, let's focus on the other thing that verse one talked about. It says, let us also throw off every weight. You see, weights to a runner, that is not a good thing. If they want to run with endurance, if they want to run in such a way as to win the race, it's not going to be a great idea for them to carry around a bunch of extra weight. He says to lay off or throw off every weight that hinders the runner from running the race. And I'm gonna tell you this morning that I really truly believe that the biggest weight that hinders us from running the race effectively, the race that God has called each and every one of us to run, that weight, I believe, is fear and insecurity. Not walking confidently in who you are as a son or a daughter of the king. So how, do, so how do we do this? How, how do we look to Jesus? How do we allow him to author the story of our lives? How do we follow after him in such a way where our lives are producing the fruit that he, that he wants uh, to, to really come about in our life? How do we do this? How do we uh, go? How do we take these steps of faith? How do we run? How do we go on this adventure when sometimes it would be a lot easier to just play it safe and stay comfortable and do nothing? Well, there's a story in the Old Testament that I actually want to use that helps illustrate this this perfectly. And this is a story actually uh, about a a man. His name is Abram. And him along with his wife, Sarah, encounter God. And there's this incredible exchange that takes place in Genesis chapter 12. If you brought your Bible with you this morning, I really encourage you to open it up with me and follow along as we unpack just a few incredible verses, some some incredible verses that really display the, the kind of faith that I'm talking about, following after Jesus with all of our heart, with everything in us. This is what Genesis chapter 12 The first few verses records, it says this, verse one, the Lord said to Abram, and I need your all's help with this. What did he say? He said, go. And that was so weak. Corey, you tried it twice. I tried it a third time. It ain't happening today. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Let's stop there for just a second. God tells Abraham to go, but he said, I want you to start the process of going, but I'm not going to show you or share with you yet where you're supposed to go. All I want to see is if you're going to be obedient enough to go. Now, can you put yourself in Abram's shoes here just for a minute? Man, we we hear from God. God tells us to go. And if I'm Abram, I'm like, "But, but God, like my family's here. 
Man, my friends are here. The man, the, the, my best friend, I grew up with him, man. We've been best friends since we were 12. You know how hard it is to, to have a best friend in your life that you can just share everything with? Man, my work is here, my business, all the people that I trade with. Man, the, the guy that cuts my hair is here. You know how hard it is to find a barber in a new town? Man, the guy that works on my cars, I can trust him. And man, I love having somebody that I can trust to work on my vehicles, Right? Can you think about all these things that he is maybe processing and thinking to himself? He's that, he's in this moment right now and, and he's, he's probably maybe thinking through what it is he's going to be doing or where it is he's going to be going and then God interrupts and in the next few verses, he actually gives him a promise and he says, he says this in verse two. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And in this moment, I can only imagine Abram is like, say what? I mean, God, look, I, I hear what you're saying and I love this promise. You're gonna make me in a great nation, but God, I am 75 years old and I'm not gonna even give you what my wife's age is because she's up there too. And, you know, we don't have any kids. And we're already at this stage, like, look, we're trying to have kids. And I'm not saying, God, that it hasn't been fun trying to have kids, because it has been. But we have zero fruit. We have no offspring. We don't have a son. We don't have a daughter. And you're saying you're going to make me into this great nation? This is the promise that you have for me? You know, I want to stop here and I want to say this, that Sometimes, I won't say sometimes, for a lot of us, maybe it's a lot, but there are times where we actually make promises to God, right? If you think about it, I know I've made a lot of these promises. God, if you would just allow me to pass this test, I promise I will study next week, right? God, if you would allow me to get this job, I promise I'm going to begin to give to the church, Man, God, I promise, man, if you would help me not get arrested tonight, I will follow you the rest of my life. We all make these promises to God. Has anybody ever made promises like that? Right? A lot of us have. But here's the deal with promises. We're not so much changed by the promises we make to God. We're changed by believing the promises that God makes to us. You see, and this is where Abram was in this moment. He, he heard from God to go, and then he got the promise that I'm gonna make you a great nation, and then let's see what Abram decided to do. It's in the very next verse. It's simply this, verse four. It says, so Abram went, as the Lord told him. You know, sometimes we can get to a verse like that, verse four, and it's one sentence. So Abram went as the Lord told him, and we don't really think about like how much weight there is to that verse. Man, God just told him to go. Here is Abram. He's got to get all of his belongings together. He's got to pack up all of his tents. Man, Abram, I don't know if you realize this or not, but he was a very rich dude, which means in that culture, he had a lot of animals. 
He had a lot of livestock. He had to get all his livestock prepared, all everything gathered together. And then he had to set out on a journey and he didn't even know where he was going. And we can look at that one little verse and say, oh, Abram went as the Lord told him. Oh, that was great. Great for Abram, man. He, he had this incredible act of faith. But can you see what went through that entire process for him to eventually be able to go and to leave like God had commanded him to? And it was a lot. It was a lot. And I want you to think about this as we're talking about like the decisions that we're making today, determining the stories that we tell tomorrow. And think about this. What would have happened if Abram didn't go? What if he like, you know, rationalized this whole thing out and said, well, you know what? It's, man, God, I got a lot of, lot of family. I got a lot of kids. Well, you know, he didn't have any kids, did he? I got a lot of livestock. I got all this, all this stuff that I got to take care of, man. It, it's just going to be easier. If I'm being honest, it's, it's just easier to stay. I mean, I appreciate the offer. Man, I'm so glad that, man, you, you have these incredible promises for me. I'm so glad that you talk to me and you still care about me. But, you know, I think I'm good. I think I'm comfortable. I, th- I think I'm okay right here in this spot. Well, if that would have happened, you know, today, a lot of people refer to God as the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if Abram wouldn't have went, I pro- I'm going to just say that he would have missed out on the promise of God. There would, have been no, there would have been no Isaac, no Jacob, and he would not have been known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob today. You see, I'm here to tell somebody this. There's going to become a time in your life where you sense that there's something new, something different to go where you believe you're supposed to go, and you're going to have to leave where you are. And if you don't have faith to do it, you have no idea the blessing that you're going to miss out on. You see, sometimes the best decision is to go to take the step when it would be a lot easier to stay right where you're at. But Abram was obedient. So Abram went as the Lord told him. He was obedient. And here's the thing with obedience, and you've heard me say this a lot, but it is something that, man, the more I begin to think about it, the more I begin to unpack it, the more I see how it unfolds almost every single day of my life. But the thing about obedience with God is this. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You see, Abram, he could have been like, well, God, I'm in on this. As long as you show me what town am I going to, what's it going to look like there? You know, is it going to be as nice as the place I'm at now? Are, are my livestock going to be able to eat and to graze and, and, and to get water like they, like they do here? God, where it is that you're leading me? But if we truly begin to trust God, believe that he is a good father, he would not lead us anywhere that, that I get. I'm just going to say this right now, that I don't think that God would lead us anywhere that isn't to a better place for us. I'm not talking about the circumstances or the conditions that are around where he's leading you. I'm talking about what he's doing in your life. See, we don't have to have all the details. We don't have to understand fully. I believe that sometimes God doesn't show us all the details. Because if we knew all the details and, and we saw everything that, it, that, that God wanted to do through the process of getting us to where he wants us, I think for a lot of us, we would just play it safe. We would just stay where we're at or we would just turn tail and run the opposite direction. You see, from my experience, I don't think he gives us all the details. I think he just wants us to follow him step by step. Matter of fact, I think that's that's why 
he says, the writer of Hebrews says, to fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if we're following him step by step, the easiest way to do that is just to simply follow where he is already going. It's like, uh, it's like when, you're, when you're riding a, uh, a motorcycle. You're on a motorcycle and you're, you take your turns and sometimes you have to take sharp turns and you have to kind of lay the bike in a certain direction. Do you know that you're not supposed to look at the ground? Matter of fact, if you're riding a bike and you look at the ground, that is the moment that you're going to fall and collapse. You have to keep your eyes up. You have to keep your eyes focused. That's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. We have to focus on him because where he is leading, when we follow after him, matter of fact, my favorite, one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 16, 9, and it says, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. See, we have this path we can plan. We can plan out and we can map out the course that we want to take for our life. But if we're truly following after Jesus, he is going to establish or to direct our steps in that course. And so sometimes we might not know steps four, five, and six until we take steps one, two, or three. Let's just take the step right in front of us. Let's just do the simple thing. You know, back, back 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 to this, the acorn. The simple decision is to just dig a hole and to plant this. But then we gotta be patient with what, what, what God wants to do in the process. Let me, uh, let me stop here, and I want to take a step back just for a second, and I want you to think about 2019. I want you to think about this year, the next five years. I want you to think about your life in general, and I want you to ask yourself this question. What does God want you to want? Think about that. What does God want you to to want. You know, for some of you, he might want you to want more time with your family because, because one day you're going to be like, man, I worked so much and I missed out on all that incredible time. Or maybe he wants you to invest in your family's life spiritually to actually help them grow. Or maybe the person that, that needs to grow is you. Or it might be as simple as, man, God wants you to want some financial freedom in your life so that you can begin to be a blessing to others. And God wants you to want something different. It it could be that God wants you to be involved in someone else's life because they need Jesus desperately. I can't answer that question for you. Only you can. But you need to spend some time this week wrestling with that question. What does God want? Ask yourself, what does God want me to want? God, what is it that you want me to want? And based on what God wants you to want, here's the application question. Here's the follow-up question. Based on what God wants you to want, what step of faith do you need to take? Where is it that you need to go? Where do you need to follow after him a little bit more closely? Where you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you in the direction to go? Because he's not going to force you to do anything. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God is not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do, but I believe that, that he prompts us and he nudges us and he invites us to an incredible life. You know, Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. And I think that full life is a life lived following closely after Jesus. I think that's what the adventurous life truly is. But based on what God wants you to want, 
what step of faith do you need to take? For some of you in this room, maybe it's as simple as signing up for a connect group next week where you take a step of faith and you say, you know what, I, I don't really maybe like being around people. I don't really know very many people in this place, but I, I want to get to know some people. I feel like maybe they could help me in, in growing and learning and, and becoming more like Christ. I, I just really am desiring this deep relationship with others. I'm tired of doing life alone. Maybe for you, it's simply signing up for a connect group. And that's the step of faith that you need to take. Maybe for some of you, it's getting involved down at our city campus. And I know in the spring and eventually in the summer, man, we're going to begin to do a lot of things outdoors. We're going to begin to do some things uh, with a lot of the children in the neighborhood, some parties in the parks. We're going to begin, we're trying to implement right now and think through a process to really reach the middle school and high school students of that area. And I know we have one lady, her name's Mama D, and she's been coming faithfully uh, the last four weeks. She loves it. She's been bringing more and more people, more and more kids, and she just said, man, these kids are loving it here. I want to bring them every single week. But maybe, maybe for you, that step of faith is just getting involved in, in really serving and loving on the next generation. And man, the impact of that, that is no small thing. It's a significant thing that you can be a part of. Or maybe, maybe God's placed in your heart another ministry because honestly, that is my job. Ministry, you know, when people hear that word, they think of, oh, they think of pastor on a stage or they think of, you know, worshipers leading people in worship. That is not just what ministry is. You know, ministry just means simply to serve people. And it's our job. It's my job specifically as a pastor. Ephesians tells us this, Ephesians 4. My job is to equip you to do the work of ministry. Not just to step back and say, oh, pastor will take care of that. Oh, pastor will go love on those people. Oh, pastor will make, you know, the visit to the hospital and see that guy that just got surgery. No, we all are a part of this thing. We are called a body and there is no indispensable part. We are all needed and we are all valuable. And I think it's time for a lot of us to begin the process of activation in our life. You know, we've come into this place and we preach the grace message. We preach, you know, uh, being uh, confident in who we are as sons and daughters where we recognize not only who we are, but who we belong to. And that's this identification that, that I believe every believer has to go through. We have to truly be secure in our identity and who we are in Christ. But we can't just set up in here being filled in who we are every single week. We got to start living out who we are on the streets. It's called activation. What is it that God wants you to one and what step of faith do you need to take? You know, I really believe, especially because we're in this series just titled Bestseller, I really do believe that there may be many of you here in this room that you have a book locked up in the inside of you, or maybe you have a song that needs to be written. And you might be, well, Pastor Shannon, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I really feel like, you know, my, my story could encourage somewhere, but, but how do I start putting words on paper? What, what do I actually do? And Look, just begin, do something, you know, get out of, get out of, you don't even have to have a computer. You don't have to have a typewriter, right? Get out a piece of paper at the top, write out bestseller, have some confidence in yourself and God's ability in your life, write bestseller, write introduction, and then just start writing and see what happens. Man, what step of faith do you need to take? And I just really believe that in 2019, that there's going to be a lot of you that maybe have a, have a dream, have a heart to, to start a business. 
And it's going to be a, a business that's, that's going to not only help you provide for your family in a more incredible way, but it's going to be one that will make incredible impact and advancements in the kingdom as you get to be an incredible resource for that. Or maybe it's not starting a business. Maybe God has been tugging on your heart and, and to change, maybe change careers, a, a passion that you've had. And I'm not talking today about being reckless. Please hear my heart with this. I'm not talking about, you know, tomorrow waking up and, and going and quitting your job when you got a family to provide for, right? That, that, that's stupid. I'm not talking about being stupid, right? I'm talking, I'm talking prayer. I'm talking faith. I'm talking discernment. Don't be stupid. Matter of fact, why, why don't you just in this moment just nudge your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. You know, you, you guys hopefully hear my heart in what I'm trying to say. What it is God wants you to want, what is that? And then what step of faith do you need to take? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard. It will be hard. But God didn't call us to an easy life. He called us to a faith-filled life. And you may just need to take that step of faith where you go when it would be a lot easier to stay where you're at. Now, why, why is it that we don't do this? You know, it seems like, you know, every, every year or every couple years we have these conversations and, and I get up on stage and I kind of encourage you to step out and to do something incredible. Why is it that we don't often go? Well, I can't speak for you, but I know for me and what I opened up with, that weight that I feel like holds us back from running the race that God has called us to, to run is simply fear and insecurity. We're simply afraid. We have a lack, and I have a lack sometimes in my life of faith. But Scripture tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. Matter of fact, if we think about Abram and his story, how did he actually go when it would be a lot easier to just stay? How did he do it? Well, Hebrews eleven eight tells us how. This is now fast forward in the New Testament. I love this. It says this, if we can get that pulled up. How did Abraham go? Those first two words, by faith. Can everybody say by faith? By faith. How did Abraham go? By faith. by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. You see, he did it by faith. How, how is God going to accomplish it in our life? How are we going to step out? How are we going to go when it would be easier to stay? How are we going to begin to write that book? How are we going to begin to love our neighbor? How are we going to begin to start that ministry? How are we going to begin to start serving other people? How are we going to begin to do it? By faith. It's by faith. And faith, sometimes we, we blow up faith in the, in the Christian world of this huge, massive thing. But faith is simply having trust and confidence in who God is in you. Having faith and confidence in who God is in you and what he can accomplish through you. I'm gonna get, um, get the keys to come back up and as he's coming up, I wanna close out. I wanna say this and I'm gonna keep this rather short and sweet and we're gonna pray and I believe God's gonna just begin to release some things in our life. But one day we're, we're gonna be, be able to tell an amazing story. I believe it. One day we'll get to the end of our life and, and because of the decisions that we are making today, because of the decisions that we are implementing in our life today, there's gonna become a time where we actually have an incredible story to tell.
And I just really believe that we're gonna be able to tell that story because we lived a life by faith, trusting not in our own ability, but in Jesus's ability and power working in and through our life. You see, we have one or two stories. It's either by faith, I took that step of faith. I I ventured out. I started that relationship. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I did it and here I am. And Jesus has been with me every step of the way. We're either gonna have that story by faith or it's gonna be, well, you know what? By fear, I, I didn't do anything. It's by faith or by fear. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I wanna be able to tell and I want our church to be able to tell that first story. And I believe that it's already happening. It already has happened. It is happening. And it's gonna continue to happen. You know, I think about, I think about like my parents and, and Melvin and Nancy and, 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 and Judy and, and some of the, the families that were here in the very beginning that said, you know what? We're, we don't really know what we're doing. My dad will even tell you, he goes, when he was called to be pastor, he goes, well, I know God started something here. So I want to be a part to see it through and and I'll pastor until someone better comes along. And then he'll tell you, I didn't know that that was going to be 34 years later. And my son, he was thinking like a six month opportunity and then someone else would be there. You know, right now we're we're walking out those same steps of faith as we are now planted in the community of Portland. I don't know what that's ultimately going to look like. I mean, I, I have a picture and I have a vision of what I want it to look like. But ultimately our job, and scripture even says this, we plant and we water, but God gives the increase. And so we're gonna be people by faith that are gonna continue to plant and to water, to plant and to water, to plant and to water. Even if it was just to develop a relationship with Mama D, I'm gonna tell you right now, it was already worth it. Wait till you meet this lady, she's amazing. But it has happened, it is happening, it's gonna continue to happen. So can we just ex-nay or write out, white out the by fear portion of our story? And can we truly live it by saying, it's by faith that I'm doing what I'm doing. And we're seeing Jesus move in and through our life.